Hey yo, welcome. Today we are just on a crazy high horse and I am telling you <laughs> Yeah, okay. Um you know in Monstrous Inc. and maybe you don't, but it's a movie based on like they get their power from children's screams. And I feel like <laughs> That's me. I feel like I get my power from people's dreams. <laughs> and when I get to see those things or when I get like insight into the what those are for people, I'm like and I get to do that so often now it is Bananas in pajamas, people. Bananas in pajamas. Um, and I am lit up. Lit. Let's get lit. That's me. Lit. Um, and it feels really awesome. And we're talking about that. And dreams. And rural networks of people. And everything that's gone wrong. And how we're not going to sit here and take that anymore. Because dreamers d deserve to exist everywhere and we shouldn't have to leave where we call home in order to go after our dreams. We should be able to create them anywhere. Like it is 2000 and it's 23, right? 2023. And like we have the internet. So why aren't rural business leaders and owners growing the way bigger cities are? right? What's happening? And we're talking about that a little bit today. And more than anything, just like dreams in general, your ability to go after them is just crazy and so connection-based. Who do you have speaking into your life? And that might be the most vital piece. And if you don't have that person, what can we create so someone like that exists? And that's kind of the test of local. And okay, let's go. Ah, ah. <laughs> let's go. <laughs> Welcome to the Death of a Dream podcast where we do dreams. And finding that alignment in season four has been very important because this is the truth of all the work that the death of a dream becomes. And rolling out the first book this season related to that sort of creates this journey and this pathway for people to recover and go after the things that they want in this life. It's moving people through this transition of something doesn't feel quite right. How do I feel my way back there? And I'm excited to be expanding that work in season four and to even be still showing up for what will be the death of a dream and all the beautiful things that we do to change the world together. We've gone through some crazy seasons. We've gone through some more quiet and reserved seasons, seasons of attack, and we're finally experiencing the first season of alignment 
and building. We have found a foundation and I am very excited to be building right along with all of you. Heyo, welcome to the Other Dream Podcast where we do dreams and we do so with this understanding that life is meant to be lived and living your life means living for what you are called and my friends if you are sitting and saying I don't know what that is we just got to get better at listening a lot of times I find people actually know what they want They're afraid to say it because maybe it sounds insane or maybe they've had it laughed off the table since they were little. Like, And I think there is a plague that happens in small towns, in places where those things aren't possible and only few are good enough to break through and make it happen. And it's not true. Only few have the resources, the connections, the potential, but what would it look like to give everybody that to even the playing field? Well, Hannah, what would happen? Well, probably according to a lot of rich and powerful people, we would ruin. Ruin anything being any good anymore. Or would we make it better? Because we'd have people who could actually understand, not just people who were preying on the people who were suffering with them. We could have people who really understand what they're talking about, not just continue feeding money into people who understand how to talk and scare those people into spending money with them. Not just people who are praying on these weaker people because they know how to speak that language. Not because they've experienced it, because, oh, they have enough algorithmic data and access to information to prove that. Like, look at, look at where the money lies in this country. Insurance companies, do you know what they do? Just analyze data points and fear monger you into buying more. Period. Look at banks. Fear monger you into putting more of your money here. Because what if something happened? (laughs) Invest, invest, invest. You never know. You never know. You never know. All of these things are true. Definitely invest your money. But like... Don't waste your life only doing that. Look at how many people you probably know that are just dying with piles of money and dreams in their heart. Good for you. Good thing you had all that money so that people knew you were something special, except for you weren't. And no one comes to your funeral. (sighs) I mean, some people do, but do they really care? Probably not. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I actually do know. And I'm, there's credibility being lent to people who are not credible. 
And you can see that in the unfurling of a lot of people that are coming into question who got power and didn't deserve it, just had enough access and understood how to fearfully put people into motion. Chasing after things that didn't actually matter to them. Because this person understood how to push them. I don't know. Oh my gosh. I don't even know where I'm going with this. But I am like, listen. We're about to do some things. And what I understood now, what I understand about the experiment that is local. And that's really what it was. Like, let's just see. Um, is that Lent credibility is really important. And we used to see this in other companies that would lend credibility, but the the tables have turned. The way that people expect credibility is different. And so those old solutions don't actually work anymore, right? <laughs> Where there used to be groups of people who could lend credibility to business owners, to whatever, whatever, whatever. Yeah, that don't matter anymore. Because unless you have a bigger audience that's capable of granting credibility, then you're on your own anyways. And the only thing that matters is that people are actually reacting. And if you can't promise or deliver on that, then you don't really matter. And so the way that credibility is lent now has to shift, has to change according to what's happening now. How do you help people and lend that in today's society with how businesses are built today? Because I will say that fear-mongering and piles of money being put into piles of people who already had money to begin with isn't working. People are seeing through that. Like y'all, you're just networking <laughs> with people who need to network. You realize it doesn't work. And the people who whose time is really important that are investing their time in that are realizing it ain't worth the investment. I'm just meeting people who want to prey off of me, who depend on me and my circle in order for their circle to keep growing. And I don't know that they're actually helping me. And thus, the bigger question continues to present itself. And I don't even know what this has to do with anything except for what we're about to talk about. And I love when I am so fired up that I forget to do our great thing, but I'm going to do it today. And so we're not going to forget. But do not forget what we just talked about, which was like basically, holy crap, the whole system is rigged. And what can we do in order to start helping people instead of using people to make ourselves feel better about what it is that we're doing or using people to prop your name up there as important, right? where the only people who actually benefit from the organization are the ones who get to put that then on their title. 
but it's not actually benefiting anyone but you. And I don't know, you know, who knows where we get with all of this. But I am going to drop some very exciting news today because we're getting somewhere. Okay, 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 okay. We have to do our great thing because greatness is essentially how we excrete this vitality right? How we take our life in a direction we have to actually believe that we are capable of doing so. Yeah. Love you too much to love, lie to you. You have to believe in your ability to do that. Okay. So my great thing is, oh, way oh, we're gearing up for another reveal and people go, oh, that's crazy. Why do you do that? What's going on? Well, here's what I didn't realize. In when I set that up, because I remember going through my workshop to build this business and I remember being like, how, 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 How can we do this? How can we keep this interesting? And more than how do we keep this interesting to everyone else, how do we keep myself interested in it? And I was like, well, if I have to stand and stare at the same shop or people come in and they're like, "Mm, seen it, this hasn't changed, I'm going to lose my mind. I hate going into shops and feeling like I've seen all of this, but I love going into the shops where like it's constantly changing where you come in and the displays are different and it's all different. And and I, I love that. I love that about Target. Everything's moving. There's new stuff all the time. Super cool. Loved that. Used to love spending all of my time at Target for this very thing. Like I knew. I walked in tomorrow, it's probably going to look different than it did a month ago. I love that. Yes. And every time that I walked in and it didn't, eh, the experience was just okay. Not really something that I probably needed to come back for anytime soon. Not all that interested unless I had something that I needed to get there. And that is kind of the the big thing, right? When we're presented with some, an experience that we enjoy, that is stimulating, that is ever-changing, we tend to rely on it as something we just go to by default because we, we enjoy the possibility that it might be like that the next time that we come. Come on. And so my great thing is we are doing another reveal, which the added bonus, which I didn't realize, is that we are actively coaching people who are building business to build their business this way. To like, even if they never sell here, to understand how to be retallically, which sounds aggressive, retally, retail, retailically important. How do we produce items mindful of what people are looking for while still being creative and following our own creative prompts? How do we do that? Well, 
if you were forced to produce like that, you might start. And if that was just built into how you do business and how you got used to doing business, you might push your business in the right direction or start it off on the right foot. Because sitting there with the same exact inventory and being like, hey, come shop. Right? And then you're like, well, how do you produce that? How do you, you, you structure it like this? And I don't know, having seen an extreme reaction to the reveals, this excitement, this enticement, I'm excited to see another reveal and I'm excited to have followed that because I remember sitting in my class and being like, this is how I would do it. This is, this is what I think retailers should be doing. This is what I think small makers should be doing. This is what I see the people who are successful doing. And people are like, no, you got to just hone in on the one thing. Well, yeah, hone in on the one thing that you enjoyed doing or the couple and then marry that with what's relevant and see if you can get somewhere. And I don't know. You know, we only wrote $17,000 worth of checks. Just checks. Just checks. Just money in the pocket of the people who are here. Just checks. And that's not even all of the money that we invested into those people by buying into their business in our community. So that means we probably, bare minimum, put about $30,000 directly back into our local economy in four months. Bare minimum. What else is doing that for a rural community? Who else is doing that for a rural community? It's probably a short list. And so that's my great thing. It really is. I feel really great about that. I think it's very exciting that we're continuing to follow this flow and that it that 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 we're following people over profit. Like I, I don't know how else to describe this, but I didn't want to. I didn't, I didn't want to screw people over and like, I wanted to help. I wanted to make a difference. I didn't want to stand up there in all holy, everyone bow to me and listen to me because I know how to build a business, which like, fine. But listen to me because I'm willing to stand here with you and build right alongside you, not stand here and take your money so you can listen to me because I know everything. And there is a very big difference. And I pride myself on that difference, in fact. Um, yeah. And it's 
really cool. Okay, go ahead and take time for yourself. Recognize yourself for your greatness. This is just madness and it's not meant to be, but it's like, whew, the stuff that I'm reading and understanding now, the real life connection with people, this experiment proving on a hypothesis is like lighting me up like nothing else. So sorry, not sorry, but like this is explosive and crazy and I'm putting it all together right here and I will continue putting it together. But this is what I know now. There is something dynamically different in a person who believes that they can achieve a dream, a goal. And the amount of people who have that ability taken away, right? Remember when we talked about the dogs being caged and still responding to that? In fact, putting themselves back in the cage or staying in the cage because they don't believe that this is possible. And this is what I'm seeing now is like the reason that I feel called to, to research this amount of trauma and mental right, incapacities and this death of a dream scenario is because I realize how much of that stuff is going to be brought up in chasing your dreams. Everything that you have experienced has likely contributed positively or negatively to your belief that you can do your dreams. And then I read this today and now I'm just like, what? Why are we not writing entire books on this? And then I'm like, you know what? Someone is and I am that someone and I will continue writing on it. And I was reading a book by someone that I believe to be a psychiatrist or a psychologist or a some sort of highly trained psychoanalyst. And now I realize he's a journalist and I am essentially a journalist who doesn't, <laughs> who didn't, who actually I write in the way that I believe is most effective, which is storytelling. And I write from my own experience because I believe that that connects better than if I researched and threw you a bunch of jargon. And I love this, but I'm also very aware that the people that I write for and to probably get lost and tap out. Like it's important that my books are very easy to read. Because I want you to sit down and read it in one sitting. I want it to be that approachable. I want it to be your first book that you've gotten through in years. It is intentionally written that way. So as I'm reading my book by a journalist, written by a journalist, I'll go ahead and point that out. I come across this. What if depression is in fact a form of grief? for our own lives not being as they should. 
What if it is a form of grief for the connections we have lost yet still need? And it hit me when I read that. <laughs> uh, because as I'm talking with people about their dreams, about the possibility that, that this could happen for them, that this thing that they've wanted to do could happen. I see like layers of light that hasn't been there in a long time. Like I, I, I get to experience it. And it's um, now as I'm reflecting on how many people I've seen that light turn back on for, like it's really powerful. Um, and there is nothing more... <laughs> exciting for me than, than people getting to do their dreams. Like there is not, it just, there isn't, it isn't. Uh, yeah. Um, and so as I'm seeing that light turn back on, it really all boils down to possibility of completion. And now I can understand why so many people use scarcity in those situations to like get people to buy into snake oil. Because at the end of the day, like, I can't sell you on this get rich quick scheme of chasing your dream. Doing something that comes short of whatever it is that you want is not going to fulfill that. You will continue feeling short of the life that you deserve. And if you come to me and you tell me that you want to write or speak or teach or whatever, or you come to me and you tell me that you want to open a storefront, no matter what we do with you if it's short of what you say you dream of in your perfect world and that's usually what i ask people actually that's always what i ask people when this all plays out if it played out to your dream scenario what does it look like and usually and i would say 95% of the responses that I get, mute. In impossibility. And usually it'll sound a lot like this. Well, I mean, it's not realistic. Or this could never happen, but in a dream world. Or, I mean, if I got everything, which I don't even like to think about, because we almost act as if it's irresponsible. And I would say, right, plaguing our rural communities, small communities, places where smallness is inept, right? We talk about it even softer. With less belief, because we don't even see anybody in our near hemisphere that's doing that. And so unless you have a community of supporters that are going, you could do it. I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe in you. I believe in the power of you. I believe that you could go to New York and get that contract. I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe. You aren't going to do it. 
and it's hurting us. And when I read what I I read this morning, I'm like, that's it. That sentence is exactly what the death of a dream is about. A lot of us are grieving a life we don't believe we're capable of living. And the need for that life doesn't go away doesn't and we will continue to be in grief of that life that we lost until we come to face with it until we decide that we are capable of making whatever life we want and no matter how many people spoke disbelief into that, who spoke, right, all the terrible things. You're not smart enough. You're not rich enough. You're not connected enough. You're not X, Y, and Z. All of the things that I can tell you that were etched into my storyline that led me to settle for less. And as I penned an article to the local newspaper, that was my founding statement. I am tired of people who our small communities depend on to make a community. I am tired of those people being looked over as less credible than someone who has instant connection to a million people. Like, listen, there is probably a beautiful little connection of the amount of authors in New York and in California compared to everywhere else in the country. Well, why? Why, Hannah? Why? Well, Hannah must be that they're more talented. No. They're better connected. Period. It is not talent. It is connections. And you will read that anywhere you go, related to entrepreneurship. It's connections. There are literally companies, foundations built around that. One Million Cups is an entrepreneur foundation built on this idea that it takes about a million cups of coffee to create the connections that you need to get your business off the ground. Well, guess what? There's a whole lot less coffee being served in Iowa compared to California, compared to New York. There's less people to connect with, period. And so small communities, people in rural parts of the country, don't get as much opportunity. But I don't believe that they are less qualified or less capable. I don't believe it for a second. I believe that they are less connected. I believe that they have more mountains that they have to climb. I believe that they have less supportive networks and proof that this could work. And so I believe that the deck 
is stacked against anyone trying to do anything here. And I can't bear witness to it any longer. And all of the pain that I was lucky enough to experience creates this push to make it better for someone else. Like, self-publishing a book was super cool. Thought it was awesome. And the people who have done it are like, listen, that is freaking hard. And you deserve major kudos for doing that. But it also made me kind of feel like an a-hole. Just like doing a podcast kind of makes me feel like an a-hole. Like, who are you to produce a personal journal podcast? But you know what? Do you know how many people who have granted credibility, who have continued to do that, who now have endorsements and all the things, right? Like, they just did it. And people didn't question it because, well, they were connected to so many people that it was like, well, uh, well, uh, mm. this publishing company thinks that they're good, right? Granted. Gosh, what is the word? endorsement. This publishing company thinks that they're really good. Oh, and now this company thinks that they're really good. Granted endorsement, right? Granting credibility. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, well, yeah, of course they have a podcast. They're like this big, well-known thing. Well, here things have to be built different because you aren't just getting granted that. And people do constantly question your worth. And it's just different. And what needs to exist here so that those connections, those credibility grants exist for people here too, not just in big cities with big opportunities and big networks of people. As always, you're smart, you're strong. Dang it! <laughs> Sorry, I told you. We're on a roll. We can't be stopped. La, 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 la. Well, okay. I mean, who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? <laughs> Regardless, as always, you're smart, you're strong, you're beautiful. What are you going to do? Change the world. Hey, thank you so much for listening. Make sure that you support any creative that is doing work. And that's simple. Just comment, like, share, review things for them so they keep bringing their art into this world changing it and making it a more beautiful place. You can do that with all of this work here. Feel free, share, review. I write and post every weekday just to help expand my own light in hopes that it helps expand others. And you can find me at hannahness.channel on all socials. Help follow and share and expand this work. And you can find all of my offerings and products at hannahness.channel as well. Change the world.